Greetings. Welcome to the Money Script Podcast. I'm your host, Johanse Harrison, financial advisor and financial literacy educator. In each episode, you'll hear incredible interviews and get tips and strategies that you can implement into your daily life to help you improve your money script and grow your wealth. Thank you for taking some time with me today. Let's get into this episode of the Money Script. Welcome back to part two of my interview with Rhea Petrie. So excited for this. We, she's got some great financial questions and, you know, you're in quarantine, so there's nothing better to do than to get your finances in order. So go ahead and take some notes and you might want to cue this one for repeat because there's some good stuff here. Um, I promised you I'd give you some time. This is your time. You've got a financial advisor, you can ask any financial questions you want. So this this, this moment's for you. What what questions do you have or what questions have come up in some of your um, um, some of your client engagements or conversations that uh, I could shed some light on? Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, I guess what I will do is go back some years and think about myself and I would ask you, you know, because I was one of those people that you, you see a financial advisor come in your way and you want to run in the other direction because <laughs> you're like, wait, I can't talk to you. I don't make enough money. So what do you tell those individuals who, you know, their salary or their income might not exceed their debt? Like what would what would your first bit of advice be so that they can get on the right track? The yeah. most important thing that people can do as soon as you start earning money is start saving some of it for a rainy day because it's going to eventually rain. Even the Sahara Desert gets a storm every now and then. So it's going to eventually rain. And when it does, sometimes it pours. So having that money will allow you to kind of keep your lifestyle going. And that is the most important thing that I think people can do for themselves right now. So even going back five years or 10 years ago, no matter where you were, what kind of money you were making or where you are today, no matter how much money you're making, no matter where your next dollar is coming from, the most important thing that you can do is establish a, a fund, a bank account, a something for if you get paid in tips, it's a, it may be a, you know, a shoebox in the back of your closet, whatever. Establish a fund where you have at least two to three months of all of your expenses available, liquid and cash that you can access it at any time. And if you don't have that reserve, that capital set aside so that you can continue to pay your bills, it's going to do one of two things. Either A, it's going to cause you to have to, cr to create more debt. Or it's going to cause you to have to depend on someone else, meaning you have to borrow from a parent, borrow from a friend or worse than anything, borrow from like check cashing stations, things of that nature. I really, I, oh man, I hope they keep those places closed. I mean, I know that people need to get money to pay their bills, but they charge way too much interest and that's a whole nother podcast. But so I know there's been a lot of talk yesterday, the, um, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the administration said that, uh, student loan payments have been suspended for 60 days um, and interest will not be charged until they decide to start charging again. So if I'm an individual that has a federal student loan, which I am, I do have a federal student loan. Now my student loan is very small. I think the payment's like $40 a month is almost gone. But yeah. um, anyone that has a student loan, you should absolutely be thinking about canceling those next two payments and taking the money you would have paid on your student loan and put that into your savings account because you may need it soon. Um, so that would be the, the, the single best thing I think people can do for themselves is just set some money aside. If you're not, if you used to eat out at restaurants all the time or go to Starbucks all the time, 
Well, you're not going to Starbucks now and don't transfer all your restaurant money to Uber Eats. Don't do that. Um, you know, it's better if you, you, you save money, if you cook at home, take that money that you used to allocate towards dining out, you used to put it in Starbucks or you used to, you know, spend going out on a Friday night and take that money and just save it. Cause we don't know, we really don't know how long this calamity is going to last. Um, and we don't know what's going to look like when we're on the other side, but the, those that can hold on to some of what they have are going to be the ones that are in a, a better situation on the other side of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so how do you advise them if they, what they make doesn't even, you know, meet, like it doesn't allow the ends to meet. Like, do you advise them to try to find another, I mean, I know it sounds silly to say, but to find another revenue stream, Absolutely. I mean, it's not always that easy. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's not, it's, easy. not, it's not just like it wasn't easy for start for you to start your YouTube, but there are people out there on YouTube that are still making money right now. Actually, they're making yeah. more because more people were tuned into their YouTube, you know, and there's still the advertising revenue. It's still going to be there. So, so yes, if, if you're in a position where your expenses exceed your income, the first thing you have to do is look at your expenses and figure out where are you overspending? Mm. Okay. And, and you have to just be brutally honest with yourself. It's best if you use a, a electronic tool to do it for you. Cause if you're, if you're trying to just go through your bank statement and write everything down and put it in Excel, it's going to take you way too long. You can use an app. You can use mint.com. You can use e-money. That's what I offer. So if you want access to e-money, just email me and I'll give you access. I'll give you a complimentary 90 day access to, to e-money. But those apps will allow you to connect your bank account, your credit card, your student loans, everything, and allow you to look back at your history over three, six, nine, 12 months. So you'll see where your money is actually going. And then you'll see the categories. You'll say, wow, we spent $4,000 just eating out in the last six months. Well, that's money. I mean, if you, that's money that could be going somewhere else. Uh, the math that I share with clients is for every dollar you spend in the grocery store, you can take up to $3 off of your dining out bill because yeah. buying a loaf of bread and sandwich meat versus buying a Subway sandwich, you know, you do the math on that. I mean, sandwiches, can you get out a loaf of bread and a box of meat versus going to Subway, you know, three times out of the week, nothing wrong with Subway. I'm just picking on them. Um, so the first thing you have to do is, is look at your expenses, figure out where can you cut. Mm -hmm. The next thing you have to do is look at all of your, look at any debt that you have and you have to see, can you refinance any of the debt? Can you get a lower interest rate for it? You know, just, and, and, you know, see if you can restructure that debt so that you're paying less than less in interest. And then the third thing you do is then now you go back to the income and say, okay, where, how can I earn more? You know, and I know right now that's tough for a lot of people. Um, but also know there's things you may still have things in your house that other people may find of value. So you could sell some of those things. Um, mm -hmm. This is a time of uh, a stressful time. This is also a time when people get really innovative. I've seen lots mm -hmm. of articles in the news about people that are getting really innovative of how they can help their community. And some of them aren't doing it for free. And people are paying them because not everybody is out of a job. I tell you one economy that's not out of a job, the medical economy. They're working. Nurses, doctors, hospital staff. Oh, they're working hard. Yeah. Okay. And they, they still need things done. They may need their kids watched because maybe their daycare center isn't open anymore. You know, and then maybe if, if you're the person that just lost your job, maybe you could 
If you have a friend that's in the medical community, maybe you could watch their kid for them. They're still getting paid so they can pay you to do that service that somebody else was doing. So I'm just, you know, spitballing here and thinking off the top of my head. But you have to start to get creative and say, okay, how can I make some changes in my income? But it starts with expenses. It's not how much you make. It's how much you spend and then what's left over that defines the rest of your financial life. Yeah. So, but good question. This is great. Oh, I have another one if you got time. Uh, You know what? For (laughs) you, I have time. So one of the things that I'm curious about, and I wonder if anybody else out there is wondering, what is your approach to paying off debt? So when I went through this Financial Peace University, one, they believed in cutting all your credit cards up. Obviously, that's not rocket science. You know, you don't want to keep accumulating debt. But do you believe that the best approach is to tackle the highest interest rate bill or the smallest balance first? That is a great question. I, I wish Alicia would have joined us for this. We had a <laughs> three day debate about this. OK, Ooh. so here's here's the here's the 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 mathematical truth on it. In most cases, no matter how we organize or shift the numbers, what have you, you're going to get out of debt faster and pay less in overall interest if you tackle the debt that has the highest interest rate cost first. Okay, that's different than the highest interest. And I'll explain that to you. If you have one credit card that you have a thousand dollar balance on and it has a 25% interest rate. Okay. But you have another credit card that's say $10,000 and it has a 20% interest rate. Well, if you're just thinking, okay, highest interest first, well, that thousand dollar balance at 25%, the interest on that, if you just let it sit there, 25% of a thousand is $250. The $10,000 balance is at 20%. 20% of 10,000 is $2,000. Okay. So that larger balance, even though the interest rate is smaller, is costing you more money. So in most cases, if we run the numbers, it's going to make more sense to knock out that highest interest cost first, which means over time, if you have multiple debts, you may be applying your extra money to different balances as the balances change. Mm-hmm. From a psychological perspective, though, you may feel a lot better waking up the next morning knowing that you paid off that thousand dollar balance. Right. Right. So it gives you that psychological win of I can do this. I can pay this off. Alicia needs that psychological win. I Mm -hmm. need the numbers to work. So I was saying to her, no, highest interest, highest interest, highest interest cost first. And she's saying, no, smallest balance, smallest balance, smallest balance. The truth is it's whichever is going to get you in action will work. So whichever one works. And, and I can, um, if you, you know, if you know someone that needs it or, you know, you need it yourself, you're dealing with different student loan debts, whatever it is, I have a program. I can plug it in. I can show it to you both ways. Here's if you use highest interest. Here's if you go for lowest balance. They'll both show that you'll pay it off faster than whatever you're doing right now. But one of them is going to say, okay, this one you're going to spend you know, $30,000 in paying off those debts. Whereas if you do it this route, you'll spend $25,000 in paying off debts, but it might be a little bit longer before you pay the first one off. So, Mm. so yeah, it, 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 it really just depends. But going back to your first question, the most important thing you can do for yourself before you start focusing on paying down any debts is build a cash reserve. 
because if you have an emergency, flat tire, job termination, whatever the emergency is, medical, whatever the emergency, if you have an emergency and you don't have the money in your bank account, you're going to go right back to that credit card. That credit card that you cut up, you're going to go and stitch them back together real quick. Or you're going to call the credit card company and say, hey, I lost my card. Send me another one. And they'll say, is it an emergency? We'll go overnight it to you. Yes, it is. Prime that card to me right now. You know, and um, and then you'll take care of your emergency on that card and then pay interest on it and all that other stuff versus being able to borrow from yourself. Because believe me, my clients that borrow from themselves, oh, they pay themselves back so fast because they they had that comfort. Like, oh, I have twenty thousand dollars in my account. And then something happens like, oh, yo, whatever happened, I've got to get a new car. My car's dead. I tried to ride it to the wheels fall off. The wheels fell off. I got to get a new car. They want a down payment of five grand. Where am I going to get five grand? That's what your cash reserve is for. No, I don't want to spend that money. Well, okay, but that's what it's for. Okay, so they use it. And they're like, oh, I got to hurry up and get that account back to $20,000. It becomes urgent for them to get that. And they'll do anything to get that account back to well, not anything. But you know what I mean? They'll do yeah. A lot to make sure they get that account back. So there's a psychological effect with having the money as well, because the more money you have, strangely, the more money you tend to have. So, yeah, that's good. Great question. But I'm glad you asked that. That is is a very common question. There's a lot of debates online about that. And the truth is the math, it's the highest interest cost. Psychologically, whatever makes you feel good, but either way is going to get you out of debt faster, I believe. Yeah, because not all of us are mathematicians. <laughs> that is true. And not all of us can, you know, work Excel. I, I get it. I know. Right. Calculate that. But that's great. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. What other questions do you have? I think we have time for one more. Well, how would you advise someone who's just kind of sinking all around? It's like, now that I've looked to see where I've overspent and perhaps I've, you know, used one of those um, technology tools to help me see it all laid out. It's like, then what? Like, what is the best way to focus your energy thereafter? Because I, I couldn't even think about a sinking fund at that time when I was like waiting tables and not, you know, able to pay my phone bill, able to pay my rent. But it's like, I would feel guilty. Like something has to suffer by me trying to put this money away. So like, what would the next step of focus be after that? So some, something, yeah, something does have to suffer. You're correct. Um, but it doesn't have to suffer forever. There's a lot of, of, um, of, uh, evidence that you should keep a great credit score at all times. But, you know, if you're currently trying to shuffle or juggle rather all of these things at once, the credit score is probably not the most important unless we're going to find a way to refinance the debt that you have. So remember when you asked earlier, what should you be doing? I said, number one, let's, you know, uh, get on a budget, cut your expenses, what have you. And then number yeah. two was refinance any debt that you have to lower interest rates. For that, you do need a good credit score. So if your credit score is is so poor that you can't refinance any debt, you may want to talk with a credit specialist that can say, what are some things you can do to repair your credit? Because sometimes even when you repair your credit, it's only temporary. It's long enough for you to get something done. I went through that when I went through my first divorce, only divorce, actually. Um, when I went through a divorce, <laughs> my credit wasn't that good. I needed to buy a car. I worked with a credit specialist. He boosted my credit score like 100 and something points, whatever. I bought the car. And six months later, my credit was right back to where it used to be because things disappeared long enough 
for me to do what I had to do. And then they all kind of showed back up. I was like, oh, okay. Those weren't gone that long. I still owe you money. Yes. Okay, fine. I'll take care of it. Um, mm-hmm. So there, there's that piece of it. But outside of that, let's say there's no option. Say you have the lowest interest rates that you can get, you know, and there's, there's no real options of, of refinancing any debt. Um, so you, you just got to sit down and come up with a plan that shows you um, that there's going to be light at the end of the tunnel. Meaning, so I had a meeting with a client this morning and um, she doesn't have any debt, but um, but she's trying to help her mother who has a little mm-hmm. bit. And I'm, what I'm sharing with her is like, hey, the best thing you can do is get your mom out of debt as fast as possible because she wants to help. Like get your mom out of debt as fast as possible. Here's a plan where she can be out of debt in 28 months with you helping. You give her extra, you know, whatever it was, a thousand a month, what have you. And we can show her that she'll be debt free in three years and then maybe she'll be comfortable retiring. You want her to retire. She wants to retire, but she doesn't feel she can because of this debt. Well, let's put together a plan so that she knows that if she just does these things, doesn't add anything else on the credit card, pays all of her minimum payments and takes the extra money you give her and puts it towards the highest cost of interest first and then rolls snowballs that to the next debts within what I say, I think it was like 30 months or just over two years. She'll be completely debt free house, car, credit cards, everything gone that for her, that was going to give her life. (laughs) I mean, she would have so much money to spend if she weren't paying for her house, car and all of her credit cards. So having that plan helped her to be will will help her to sleep better at night because now she has a goal. It's like, okay, all I did once I get to here, things are going to be good. That will also allow us to look at some of the other areas of her life. Like, where is she saving money? How is she investing? When she retires, where is her income going to come from? What's coming from her 401k? What's going to come from Social Security? And on and on and on. So really, the next step is to create a plan. Now, you can try to do that on your own, of course, which some people do, and they do a great job of it. You're better off asking for some help. Because like you said, not everyone likes to do math. So the next step for someone that's in that situation is go get help. Interview a couple of financial advisors. All of us are working from home right now. So they'll do the Zoom or whatever, you know, phone call, but interview some advisors and get a plan together so that you see what your options are. And then you can decide how you want to apply any extra money that you have. Does it need to go to debt? Does it need to go to retirement? Does it need to go to your cash reserve? Where does it need to go so that you can see what your outcomes will look like? funny. I think you just touched on the last question that I had and it was regarding retire or not, not so much retirement, but investing versus debt payoff. Because I had someone tell me when I met with an advisor through my credit union and they saw my student loan debt and they encouraged me to lower the amount that I was putting away because they're like, you need to get this debt taken care of. So is that you advise maybe splitting and, you know, simultaneously doing both? That is the, you, you have just hit the Question of the week all this week. So most of my clients are physicians. Uh, I just happen to be in that realm of, of, of clients for the last 20 years. Well, I happened to be 20 years ago. Now it's on purpose. I continue to work with more and more people in, the, in that um, in that space. And thank you, everyone, for all the wonderful referrals. I appreciate all of you. Um, uh, but that has been the major question because a lot of my clients have hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, in student yeah. loan debt. And we've put together plans over the years have said, okay, we're going to refinance this debt and we're going to pay, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten thousand dollars $10,000 a month toward this debt. And you'll be debt free in so many years. Simultaneously, they were listening to me when I was giving them the message about, hey, stock markets aren't always up. Sometimes they're down. 
when they're down, that is your time to be greedy because everyone else is scared. So we want to buy and we want to invest as much as we can during those times. So my phone's been ringing and text messages and emails saying, Hey, that extra three grand a month I'm giving to my, um, my student loan, shouldn't I be giving some of that to the stock market right now? And the truth is the answer has been different for each client because every client is different. And so some clients I'll run the numbers and I'll say, well, yeah, I mean, your interest rate on your debt is really, really low. And so if you were to take some of that money and invest it, if we were to look out 20 years from now, you'd probably have more money provided you get a decent rate of return on, on what you invest. For some clients, their interest rate's a little bit higher. And I'm like, no, because I know that the interest rate on your student loan for most student loans is fixed. So I can do the math and I can tell you, if you make this payment, this is exactly how much you'll pay in interest over X amount of years. Mm-hmm. When it comes to investing, there's going to be ups and downs. So I, there's not a fixed number on an investment where I can say, oh, I know without a shadow of a doubt, you'll get X rate of return. I can give you a pretty good estimation, but I can't tell you with certainty that you'll have X amount of money by the time you pay this debt off. So for, for some people, it's been, no, stick to the plan, keep paying off the debt. Yeah, stock market, yeah, you'll be able to get great returns over the next year. But if you look over the long term of the stock market, it's going to average to be somewhere between 7 and 10%, depending on what you know uh, industries that you're investing in or asset classes you're investing in uh, when it comes to equities and stocks. You're looking at somewhere 7 to 10%. Okay, And that's the long term. Yes, we will have, in some scenarios, 100 and 200% returns in the next six months. But you're also going to deal with a 30% downturn in another seven years and another 20% downturn two years from what have you. It's going to go up and down. So it really comes down to going back to that plan. What is it that we are trying to accomplish? When are we trying to be debt free? How much do we need for retirement? And uh, one of the doctors I met with uh, just a couple of days ago, I told her, I was like, split the difference. Instead of giving your student loan an extra 2,500, give them an extra 1,250. Let's put the other 1,250 into your investment portfolio. Mm. You know, and then I, but I showed her, I said, but if you do that, you plan to be debt free in 30 months, or excuse me, in 24 months. By doing this, you're going to be debt free in now 30 months. So you're adding six months to your debt payoff plan. Are you okay with that? And, and for the head, sake of the risk, for the sake of taking the risk and investing, the, because you're taking money away from what you were going to put on the on the student loan and put it in yeah. an investment. So now if you stay on the same track with the student loan, it's going to take you longer to pay it off because you just took money that you were going to use. Now, who knows? Two years from now or three years from now, the money that she put into that investment account, maybe it doubles, it triples, it quadruples. And she takes that and pays that lump sum towards the student loan and then still on the same track. That could happen. But she could also tell me, I only want to invest in Amazon. That's the only thing I want to put my money in. And I'm like, oh, you should probably diversify. Nope, I want to do Amazon. Okay, it's your money. And Amazon goes bankrupt. Not saying that they will, but companies go bankrupt. It happens. And she loses all of that money. So I would never let her do that. Um, She'd have to be someone else's client to do something like that. But but those things (laughs) do happen. So that's the mistake that sometimes people make. So, So... we have to be prudent as well on how we choose to invest that money and just know how is that going to affect all the other financial goals that you have in place. All right. Well, I just want to thank you for just um, blessing us with your presence uh, this Aww. afternoon 
We really appreciate it. So again, uh, we can find you on uh, Realism Chats on YouTube. How do, how do I find, how do people find that on YouTube, the chats? Um, well, you can just type in Realism. So Realism. R-H-E-A-L-I-S-M and the channel will pop up. And I usually post a video every Monday. So there's, you get your weekly dose of Wonderful. Realism every Monday. Well, everyone go get your weekly dose of the Realism podcast, uh, excuse me, the Realism YouTube um, yes. And thank you for joining us on the Money Script Podcast, Rhea. We really appreciate you. We, from our house oh, to yours, we you. love you. Oh, and I'd be remiss. We have to give your amazing husband a shout out. He will. He will. Yes. Oh man, he will. <laughs> Andre, I'm telling. Okay, so so on, shout out to Andre. Andre is an incredible actor, uh, also a very uh, giving individual as well. Uh, I know. How, by the way, how is his job doing with the uh, the kids that he supports? Are they? Oh man. They are still, he's moving forward. I mean, you know, um, it's, it's, it's a challenge and he works with the homeless population. So, you know, he still serves and they're just doing the best they can with, with this restriction. <laughs> Cause I mean, some of the young men were working, but they were working at restaurants and now that they've closed some of those restaurants, you know, so nevertheless it's put a lot of stress on some of them, but he's doing what he can to encourage them. A man has a huge heart, huge heart. Well, we appreciate the service that he is providing to the community, uh, especially for those that don't know how yet to do for themselves. So we appreciate that. Well, you guys continue to uh, to shelter in place. Um, we will do the same. And um, and I look forward to joining you, uh, Alicia and I, joining you on the virtual couch. We've got to get that set up soon. Absolutely. Send my love to Alicia. And thank you again for your for your wonderful podcast. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the Money Script Podcast. Be sure to check out our other episodes, subscribe, follow, and give us five stars. Continue to send your financial questions on Twitter or Instagram at The Money Script. Go to moneyscriptwealth.com and schedule your complimentary consultation to discuss your specific goals and concerns. Financial advisory and investment management services are offered by Money Script Wealth Management PLLC, a registered investment advisory firm registered in the state of Texas and California and other states where exempt. The Money Script LLC and the Money Script Wealth Management PLLC and guests of the episode may have interest in the investments mentioned today. The opinions and views are expressed here are for informational purposes only. This material is educational in nature and should not be deemed as a solicitation for any specific product or service. All investments involve risk and a significant loss of principal. The MoneyScript nor MoneyScript Wealth Management offer tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax advisor or attorney for specific advice about your situation. Until next time.